What's going on, Fly Gang? Welcome to the Fly's Podcast in the Universe, hosted by yours truly, the Fly Don. Today, we're going to talk to TaylorMade GQ. Let's get into it. Are you drunk? Are you drunk, JR? How you living? Doing all right, man. Chilling out. Sheesh. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead and tell the people about yourself. Whenever you're ready, just tell them about yourself. Something slight, you know, what you do, um, what you do as far as social media and stuff like that. Plug in real quick. Let's see here. So... What's up, everybody? This is uh, Tafuri. Um, if you know me on social media, you know me as TaylorMade GQ. I am a streetwear stylist, sneakerhead, uh, just all around into anything fresh, to be honest with you. Based out of Atlanta, Georgia, been a creative director, streetwear stylist, photographer pretty much for over 10 years, and pretty much been a sneakerhead since birth. So, um, grew up around this culture, love this culture, uh, and Excited to get in on this episode of this podcast, man. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. So, uh, you said you were a stylist? Yeah, I style, you know, from time to time. I'm a, definitely hope to do some client work. But mostly, I kind of just, I kind of really define a stylist more so as a person that understands how to put colors together. Yeah, yeah. Together. So, I've been doing that for myself since, like I said, since I've been in this culture. So, I feel like that really defines what I do. Um, even okay. if it's not for another person per se. Okay. Break down the uh, creative director position you talked about, you was talking about. Like, what's that about? So, as a creative director, uh, typically a lot of people kind of confuse that term because, you know, when you, whenever you're doing any type of shoot, any type of creative project, there's normally like a brain or a mastermind that kind of brings not only just the right people together, but kind of lays out the groundwork or the vision for whatever that project is going to look like. So I've been privileged to do that for a lot of different brands, a lot of different collectives. I do that for all of my shoots. So if you look at Taylor May GQ, I do all the location scouting, um, styling, as far as the clothes and pieces I'm choosing to use, camera settings, pretty much all the way down to, I say 90% of everything that you see I put together um, sometimes from time to time because I don't always do it by myself with a tripod. I have somebody that assists me with a shoot um, as a secondary photographer, just as another photographer that's available to get angles that maybe I can't get um, through just using a tripod. So that's definitely key as well. So I, I would definitely say um, I would define a creative director as a person that establishes the overall vision for a project. Okay. Uh, put the people in place to execute it. So I've definitely done some of that work as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, you said you have a photographer? So I do work with other photographers in the city. I'm a photographer myself. So some of the pictures that people see on my page, I've actually set up a tripod and done it myself. Um, other times I have had, you know, friends of mine that, you know, are photographers too, have helped me take some of my pictures as well. Um, but I handle all the post-processing, which means the editing. So you take a picture, there's a raw version of that picture, yeah. and that's what you would load into Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever may have you. So I pretty much am the person that does all the post-processing work as well as the styling and everything else. So that photographer typically is a person that we're kind of working together and trying to find out what angles we're looking for. Typically, it's because I work with the same people. It makes our shoots run pretty quickly. So I'm thankful to have a really good team. Shouts out my boy Ryan, uh, Chris Reed. Derek Wilson, Amir Wilson on um, Amir Wilson on the gram. Um, also Ryan H seven. Um, so a lot of dope people that I follow, um, I follow and work with. And that's not even like an extensive list. So, but those are the names that came to the top of my head. Okay, okay. So, um, what's up with the uh, hat deals? Like, what's that? What's that about? So for me, I've always so I've always liked hats. Um, I've always enjoyed putting them on. Um, I think 
there was a time where I kind of moved a little bit away from it. Um, I probably stopped collecting around the time I was like in middle or high school. I used to go to Liz pretty heavy. Um, and then I kind of just stopped after a while because it kind of just wasn't my stilo at that point. I just kind of was like, eh, I'm going to kind of put it to the side. Yeah. And recently, I'd say as like early as last year, I got back into it, but I've been out of the game for a while. So definitely had to do some homework. Um, learn who the you know bigger players were since I've been in it. Like I said, um, fashion hat space came about, um, which was relatively a lot more new to some people who are outside the culture. But um, fashion hats are just hats that are designed with some type of hook or some type of design or inspiration. So they're different than on-field exclusives. So hold on, explain that. Yeah. So you have like so there's different categories of hats. So you have on-field hats. These are typically the hats that you would see an MLB player with playing in game. Um, typically, they're just some of them will have side patches if it's like a commemorative game, like for like a stadium, or if it's like All Star game or something like that. Um, they will have on hats with a special patch. Um, fashion hats kind of grew out of that space. So you had hats where they were designers. So these were not MLB teams, but basically hat designers work with companies that already had accounts with New Era, and um, basically they would allow them to take the MLB licensing, which is when you look at the back of any MLB hat, okay, yeah. licensing. So LIDS is one of the larger um, groups that basically controls or has access to the licensing agreement, so they can use MLB licensing and stuff like that on hats. Um, but basically you have that going on. So Fashion hats pretty much came out of the space of you had on-field hats. Then there were people that were looking at logos and be like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I inspired this hat, like let's say a Kansas City hat, um, after, I don't know, my favorite ice cream. And then that, and then basically they would leverage stores or entities that had New Era accounts so that they had access to be able to do mock-ups and then ultimately make, you know, actual hats themselves. So the fashion hat space kind of came out of that, came out of, came out of that. So it was basically just think of it in a sense like Nike ID for hats, if you want to think about it that way. Um, okay, think of yeah. what fashion hats basically are. It's it's designers using some type of hook or some type of draw to create a custom designed hat that then a store, um, they'll partner with a store or a large brand like a Lids or a Hat Club or a Sneaker Town or a Pro Image. Um, and they'll come together and they'll make a hat. And typically the goal is to sell out of the hat because that's that's like, it's like sneakers, right? It's the idea is if something sells out, it means it's hot and people want it. In the community, they call it panic. Like for us, we call it, you know, hype. You know, like, so for example, <laughs> Red Threes that just came out. So a lot of people are like, you know, are they really hype because they're sitting? But it's like, you know, Jordan Brand's kind of giving us what they what we wanted, right? We wanted yeah. OG style shoes. We wanted bigger supplies so people could get them. I, friends of mine were going into stores at almost close to six o'clock and still able to get pairs. So that's 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 what we want. But in this community in particular, I, I think that that's kind of where hats and sneakers are alike in a certain senses, but they're kind of different, right? Because um, sneakers, you figure Saturday is like game day, so whatever big release is coming out, it's going to be coming out on Saturday. Whereas hats is just there's so much volume, you know, you have, like I said, I just named five or six stores, each of which could have a drop anytime during the week. Um, and it's not just exclusive to the weekend. So I think that's something I do like about this community more um, in the sense that there's just more opportunities to get what you want. Whereas I think in the sneaker community, I think because hype drives it so much, yes, there are other shoes that you can buy, but I think the shoes that you may really, really want, you're not really having to compete with as many people to get those, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You make your own hat? Uh, so, no, I don't make my own. Um, I've been asked uh, if I ever had a desire to design my own. I'm, I'm from Atlanta, so I'm born and raised from here. So definitely would want to put on for the city, um, do things, you know, that are unique to Atlanta because I feel like that's something – where as a designer or even as a content creator or as an influencer, whatever you want to call yourself, I think, you know, when you can put on for your hometown, I think that brings good attention to you. It brings good attention to your state. And it's an opportunity really to represent, you know, and show just where you're from. So I definitely would be open to the opportunity if it ever presented itself. But 
I definitely didn't get into hats for that explicit purpose. I didn't get into it to design my own hat. But if the opportunity came, I definitely would try to. That seems probably pretty cool. Okay. I want to see that. That shit will be tight. Yes. Definitely be tight. Atlanta's got a lot of history, you know, and I grew up, you know, like near Zone 6 East Atlanta. So um, definitely, you know, there's a lot of different directions you can go with it. You know, we, you know, like I said, there's six zones in Atlanta. You know, I went to school, college here. I went to Georgia Tech. Got my bachelor's of science in electrical engineering. So I'm really born and raised here. I've been around the city. I left in, I guess, 2018, 2019, just to go and stayed over for work. And then I came back in 2020, like during the midst of the pandemic. So um been pretty much in Atlanta, but I've traveled a lot of different places. But I guess you could say like the Wizard of Oz, there's, you know, there's no place like home. So hey, for real, yeah, definitely. Yep. So, uh, what's up with your sneakers, man? That's what everybody want to know. We see, we see you going crazy. You got the off whites. You got shoot the fours and the ones, the Carolina ones. I didn't see. Um, you got the Yeezys, the Quantums. Yeah. You got some crazy stuff going on. What's up with those? Yeah, man. I mean, I think for me, I've I've always just I think when I I mean everybody has a first love when they come into the sneaker game. I think when I grew up, um, my favorite movie when I was a kid was Space Jam. So my first love into sneakers was the Space Jam Eleven. Same, same. So I definitely like I I had it bad. Like I had the the actual colored tape for Space Jam, and it was like the color like it was the blue that's actually in the Space Jam Eleven. So I used to. Yeah. Had that I used to have on like they they actually had an old Space Jam baseball jersey um, that they came out with like apparel for the for the movie and um, I was lucky enough to get that so I used to throw that on have on my shorts pop the movie in and um, watch that movie so much actually one time the little uh, the spool the actual film itself came off the, the thing so pops had to help you know stuff the stuff the genie back in the bottle so to speak so we could you know continue to watch it but um yeah i mean for me like i definitely would say like jordan 11s for me were like my first love and um an introduction to sneakers my dad had a pair of uh jordan 6 maroons um so i definitely saw those growing up so i mean we definitely were like you know i didn't grow up necessarily when my folks bought me like all the sneakers that i wanted like some people grew up getting bread 11s everything they wanted I really didn't have that growing up so I used what I used to do is um and maybe I might be showing my age a little bit but East Bay used to have these catalogs that they would send to your crib and they were paper so what I would do is I'll go through the East Bay catalog and I'd be like that I want that I want that I want that and I cut them out and I'll put them in an envelope and I stuff it under my pillow and like every year like for my birthday I'd be like just wishing like if I could just get one of the shoes yeah or cut out that I wanted and it was just because, I mean, like like most middle-class households, it was just my folks didn't really see the, the financial prudency of spending $200 on a pair of shoes for a kid whose foot was growing, you know? So, and good on them, because that, that wouldn't have been a good investment, because, like, my shoe, my foot was the same size, like, probably, like, fifth grade to about middle school, and then after that, like, my foot started just growing exponentially, and I started, like, shoes I used to be able to wear, couldn't wear them no more, and I I would have been sick if that was like shoes. I actually really like if I had a pair of bread fours during that time and I had to get rid of them because they were too small, I would have that would have been bad. That would have been nasty work. I too bad. <laughs> that would that would have been bad. So um but I mean like coming up to this point as a sneakerhead, I think it's important in your collection to have a good variety. You know, I think it's important like I think sneakerhead really to me means you like sneakers. At the at the end of the day you like sneakers. So it's like if you're you know, I get we all have preferences, we all have things we like, but if you were to go and I was to take for y'all on a tour in my closet, you would see, you know, Adidas, you'd see New Balance, you'd see older Nikes, like I'm talking up, um, um, up tempos, flying it racers, you know, like even you know, Barkley, Barkley posits, you know what Talk I'm saying? There would be different things in there, and it's like, it's cool, even though some of those shoes, I mean, I necessarily touch as much anymore, is dope that I still have them, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's that's the type of stuff to me that's important, you know. I'll- Honestly, um, to me, that speaks volumes because a lot of people, a lot of people that I see, they be like, yeah, I'm a sneakerhead, and then they just got all Jordans. 
and it'd be like all the newer joints, like the newer colorways and stuff. Like it, it don't really be like too many retros, maybe a retro like here and there, you know, like a Chicago or something. But it's like you need like a collection, like you need Yeezys, you need new balances, you need some pennies, some some uh uh gloves, like you know, it's a bunch of crazy stuff out there. And I'll be like, like, it just bothers me how how loose the word sneakerhead is, you know, used. So I mean, since she said today, that, that's that speaks volumes. Straight up, because I was like, even today I was just looking at the Kith campaign that Jerry Seinfeld was in. And it was like, I'm old enough to remember Bo Jackson's. Like, I, I remember what <laughs> Bo Jackson, how hype they were. Like, those shoes, like Diamond Turfs, you know, yeah. they had, like, back in the day that were, like, those shoes, even though they weren't Jordans, per se, you know what I'm saying? So, it was just funny, like, when you could, you could tell, like, the newer generation sometimes isn't as much in touch with the older shoes, because I... I was seeing some comments where people were like, what shoes is he wearing? I'm like, bro, those are Bo Jackson's. Like, what? Yeah. Like, you, how, you, how you call yourself a sneakerhead and you don't know that? Or, And I think that's where, like you said, I think the word gets thrown around loosely because it's like, do you know your history? Like, do you, do you know, like, can we have a conversation outside of just the original retro, you know, 14? Exactly. Shoes that were above, like, 15 and 16, like, People don't know about the 16s like um, that Jordan had that you know actually came you know in special packages and other special packaging and other things like that. You know, talking about the stealths, talking about you know even just like the special editions that came in the silver briefcase. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that you know it was like it was a weird time because like I said, I grew up in the early 90s, so like you know like like 1990 93. So you know for me like I. I actually was, like, young enough to see Jordan, like, on the tail end of that second three-peat, you know, and, like, and being able to see, like, hear people talk about what life was like when Jordan retired and when he came back. And then I was also in that generation that saw him come back during the Wizard days, you know, so, like, I saw the cool gray 11s in game. I saw the true blue threes, but they were, like, matched to his Wizard jersey. So it's, like, so for me, I have perspective because I saw it and I, I saw like saw it growing up, but then I also have knowledge because I leaned on older sneakerheads at the time or telling me like, yo, these are dope. Like why these are dope. Like some of the sneakerheads I looked up to back in the day, they actually um they were like big Air Force One collectors. Like that was a time that people don't remember. Like, you know, custom Air Force Ones, like Air Force Ones <laughs> to go with your Michelin Nets your fitted. like, you know, like that was that was a time too. Now I'm not a big you know, I got my pair of Fazos, you know, tucked away, but yeah. I'm not a big Air Force One guy. But that was one thing I will say in the game I do miss is I miss seeing folks that were just, you had a thing and you geeked out about that thing. Like if you were into Diodorus, you geeked out about that. If you was into Asics or New Balances, you geeked off about that. You know, obviously you had your Nike Air Max heads and, and Jordan heads and Adidas heads, like Crazy 8s. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, like, like, I mean, like, to me, like, it was funny. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and, and we were looking like a, at an old Kobe shirt. And this was when people don't remember the fact that Kobe had a shoe with Adidas before he, you know, migrated and went to Nike eventually. People forgot mm-hmm. about that. I, I when I first saw that shoe, and I was like, bro, that looked like a toaster. But I remember that. I remember that shoe in particular. So it was like people were like, Kobe was never with Adidas. I'm like, bro, yes, he was. Like. Yes, that, that that existed. Yeah. There was a time where, like, so that's why I say I think I think being a sneakerhead is half what you have, but I think the other half is what you know. And if, and if you know stuff and people respect you, could have real conversations and you could talk about different shoes. That to me is a sneakerhead. I just you could be a hype collector, and, and no disrespect to that. You know, there's hype beasts in the game, and and they're good at what they do. But you know, to you know, when you delineate between a hype beast to me and a sneakerhead. That history component is valuable. Can't 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 be that without the history. That's that's true. Yeah, because some people don't know. Uh, Tracy McGrady used to have a shoe. That was one of my favorite shoes back when I was, you know, fifth grade or fourth grade. Whenever I had them, it was one of my favorite yeah, pair sweet. of shoes. Yep, Sway Jones with a zipper on the side. Yep, I remember those T Mac ones, T Mac twos. 
I, I think my favorite was the T Mac threes because I think that was the that was around the time I think he was playing with uh I think that was around the time he was playing with Houston. He was playing with the Houston Rockets. Okay, yeah, like, I think them the ones and, I had. Yeah, it's like, and they were like red. It was like, well, the base of the shoe was black. It was like a black suede, but you kind of had like red trim going through the shoe. I'll probably find it again and see. But yeah, I remember that. I remember like T Mac was like one of my favorite. Like, like T Mac was one of my favorite players next to Kobe. You know, I was like, because I keep remembering was that class, that, that NBA draft class that was just crazy. You had KG, you had Tim Duncan, you had Kobe. Uh, Tracy, I mean, like, you know, Shaq, obviously, Vince yeah. Carter, Paul Iverson, like, it was stacked, bro. It was, it was, it was a stacked time for the NBA. Ray Allen, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. He was mean. His J's be going crazy, though. The Ray Allen joints, they don't, they don't crazy. 13, 13s, them custom 13s he had, like, I mean, even like people like you know, like even remember like the movie with him with Denzel. He got games like it's just funny how like culture was around sneakers at the time. Like yeah. I don't think people really understand. We call the thirteens. He got games because of the movie, because of because of Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know what I'm saying? If you know, you know. So all that stuff. So what you think about uh, dunks? What you think about shoes like dunks and stuff like that? I know you're probably not with the hype on the shoe, but do you actually like the shoe? I mean, there's some dunks that come out. I think they have good hooks and good draws, like the um, the uh, what was it, the Paisley dunks that came out recently. Fire. Um, like uh, you got the Paras. I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm gonna stand on it. I, I understand the Pandas have restocked a lot, and people are saying that's the new Air Force One, but I'm not going for it. I'm not going for it. I mean, it's it's the wave right now. It's definitely a mass-produced shoe, but nothing is replacing the phase on my mind. It's just never happening ever in life. Like, there's there's a spiritual experience that comes with having all-white pair Air Force Ones, like fresh out the box. I'm talking gray box, white lettering. If you know, you know. So, and nah, you know, I don't think a, I don't think Nah, man, come on. There was a whole song about Air Force One, so that's mm-hmm. that's just Nelly. Shout out. <laughs> so, nah, I mean, but I, I don't have, I truthfully don't have a problem with dunks. I think I think what's happening to dunks is what's happening to a lot of stuff in, in sneaker culture right now, which is just hype. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, it's hype right now to have dunks. I remember there was a time that, like, dunks were just, like, Air Maxes. It was like, there was just a group that was just fervent about that like you had the doom dunks you had the freddy kruegers you had the parises you had you know you had the freddy like i think i said the freddy kruger already so you had like you had other ones you had um you had a shoot like the dog walkers that came out um came out a while ago um those were tough you had like i don't even like to be real with you i don't even know i'm not that learned on dunks as far as all the colorways because that wasn't that just wasn't a shoe i was really checking for at the time but I mean, I would see them and be like, yo, they're nice. But would I necessarily feel like how I feel like the market is right now, where as soon as a dunk comes, people buying it up? Nah, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't be like that. I, I don't understand it. I, I ended up getting a dunk, like the Pandas. And then, like, I, I got them because they black and white. They go with anything, for one. Two, it's a clean shoe. So, you know, I had to get it. But three, I was just like, like, we don't really get shoes like, you know, heavy like that no more, like like top tier shoes like that, like high B shoes. So when we got them, mm-hmm. I was like, let me get them. So I ended up getting them. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. they getting dropped three, four different times. I'm like, oh, man. So, <laughs> I no, I just got a shoe everybody got. And that's what I be trying to stay away from. I, you know, it's funny, I, and maybe this is just the, the streetwear stylist in me or just the guy that just puts together fits. I always just say, listen, five or six dudes, we could all have the same shoe. You know what I'm saying? Because even for an exclusive pair, right, Listen, you talked about the off-white four, so let, we'll use that as an example. Ten different guys could have an off-white four, but I feel like each one of 
always say drip is in you and ain't on you. I'm saying shouts out to Money Bag. That's definitely that's a um, talk to me nice off of the games album. You know, like if you know, you know. Um, but that was a bar on that on that on that album from Talk to Me Nice where he said, "Drip, um, send me not on me." You know, like so. I feel like you may have the same clothes that I may have. Like we may have access to the same pieces, but I'm gonna put it on the way that I feel and the way I think and suits my aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? So like, it doesn't bother me so much if someone has the same thing that I have. It's just more so about just do I like it? Like I'm one of those people where if I don't like a shoe, I'm not gonna go and buy it. Like I'm not. I don't think that that part of the game has appealed to me yet. Like I'm not the type of guy to say, "Oh, I don't want this shoe, but I'm gonna buy it just in case I could trade for it." It's like, no, I'm gonna save my bread and I'm gonna go get something I actually do want. Like yeah. I think that's one of the reasons collection is so quality driven is because everything in here I've bought, I've actually wanted. Wanted it. I wanted to keep it. I've worn it. And I think that those collections to me are dope. You're not just buying for hype. You're buying because you actually legitimately like the shoe you want. Yeah. So I think that's key. That's definitely how my collection is because I I be telling everybody all the time. I got like the uh, Stranger Thing Cortezes. I got the Comb Days Garcon, the Chucks, the Olive Green ones. And then like, uh, you know, I'm a big Yeezy fan. Everybody know that. I got like five pair of Yeezys over here. Um, and then on top of that, I just purchased the, the Travis sixes, the khakis, and I've been wanting them since they came out. So like, yeah, I don't really buy nothing unless I want it. So a lot of the hype stuff be like, you know, kind of trash to me anyway. Like, um, some of the grateful dads, they like mad hype, but some of them actually kind of ugly, like all that fur on your shoe, like. It, like, the yellow ones, I, I could rock with those. But the green ones, I don't really know. Like, the yellow is just the color. The color is, like, it's fire. But, like, with the green ones, it's kind of, like, I don't really like green all that much. So, one, I'm yeah. not really going to get it, even if it didn't have all the fur. So, you added all this fur to it. Now, I'm definitely not going to go get it. So, it's, like, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of hype stuff. It's just... It's just trash from the jump, if you ask me. No, nah, and that's like, there was like a pair, I think, of the cactus plant, uh, flea market. Um, I think they were calling them the Grinches, where it was like all that green, like just like, it was like fur, basically faux fur on there. And I was just like, I, I mean, I guess if you go into a premiere or something, you yeah. might put them on, but it's like, I, that's like a shoe you wear once and probably aren't touching it again. Like, it's for um, what, bro? Like, all this fur for what? That's crazy. I think it's a flex. It's a, it's a flex. It's just like, it's like there's pieces that, like, and, and I mean, I feel like people that, you know, listening in probably know what I'm talking about when I say, like, there's a piece that you buy that you know is, like, I'm not wearing this every day, but I'm going to wear it this one time to stunt, and it's going back in the closet. And it, I may touch it again, but it, it's, it's that one piece I'm wearing to stunt and to get fresh in or to get compliments or to turn some heads. So, I mean, I understand it, but I'm like you, I think. Your closet is full of things like that. You don't have a good ecosystem to crank fits out. And I think that's that's another thing I think this generation kind of struggles with, um, or this generation of sneakerheads, I should say, I think kind of sometimes struggles with, because like, I get it, you know, Carhartt workwear right now is in, Chrome Hearts is in, the other high fashion brands that are in, you know, I get it, but it's like, yo, like, there's more, there's more stuff that you can wear than holy vintage shirts, you know, and mm-hmm. Carhartt and Chrome, everything else. It's like their capital clothes. Like, there's so much more out there. Like, I, like I said, I think that that time, I think all the way up that for street sneaker fashion to me, the point where it started to kind of go a little bit off the rails was like. Because you got to think probably about five, ten years ago, because that would have been about 2012, 2013, like, because we're coming close to 2023. You know, that was a time, man, where, like, Nike basketball was going crazy. Had the Galaxy phone posits. I mean, you were having all-star games. LeBron had his own shoe. Kobe had his own shoe. RIP Kobe. KD had his own shoes for all-star weekend. So it was like they were, the market was flooded with so much stuff. 
like legitimately if I went to a sneaker con or something, I don't see redundancy on tables. I see like different tables got different stuff. Just went to sneaker con last time. It was a great event. Um, vendors there were awesome, but it was like when you started looking at some of the tables, you kind of just saw the same stuff. It was either dunks or Travis Scott fragments or some other recent hype shoe. And it's like, I get it. You know, it's hype. You know, people see the prices and be like, yo, I want to come up on that, you know, as a reseller. But it's like, yo, bro, there's there's more in the market in Travis Scott. There's more in the market yeah. than dunks. And I, and I think that diversity is missing, even from a streetwear perspective. I mean, you have Vape, Supreme, Stony, you know, you had um, you have Red Monkey, you have like, you had like, I mean, Keisube jeans, you have like, you had a lot of different niche, smaller brands, well, other well-known ones as well, G-Star, I mean, like, you had different things, and I think that's, if there's something that I miss from a content perspective when I look on Instagram, I like to see like to just see more diversity. I like to see season appropriate fits. We in the midst of summer, dog. I'm gonna see you in no big old Detroit Carhartt jacket. I know you about to melt. You melting under there. You gotta be like, you know. And no cap. I used to when I got like a piece that I was really happy about. I'm gonna be real with you because I, I I fell into that trap too. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I didn't. But it was like there's a thing about folks that could dress. And I think is when you know how to dress season appropriate and still like flex and know how to do it properly, like I feel like that puts you in a different echelon. People look at you differently versus when you dressing out of season. Yeah, the fit might be five, but my guy, it's it's ninety five degrees outside. Why are you in a trench coat? Why are you in you know full pants? Like you know why are you in Doc Martin boots? Like I'm concerned for your feet and your your health. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's. That's just that's just a thing for me. Like I just I look at that from a perspective of I get it. You know, we want the views, we want the likes, but it's like, you know, shouts out to the pages that know how to curate fits properly, you know, know how to do things appropriately. I get it. We're all in different places. We live different locations. So maybe here and we're here. But if I could open my weather app and and somebody and they could do that for me anytime. If it's raining, okay, cool. You're wearing a hoodie, that makes sense. But if there's no cloud in the sky, you out here wearing a, a full-on sweatsuit with a Yeezy puffer in 950s, I got questions, bro. I have questions. I need you to answer what's going on. You know, but, you know, like I said, fashion is unique. It's, it's, it's unique to each person. I'm not throwing shade because, like I said, I've done it before, too. Um, it's like, but... <laughs> there's a point where I just have to grow out of it and just understand, like, you know, people see that. And that's one of the reasons people engage with, you know, fashion content creators. It's like, mm-hmm. if I'm looking for summer fits, you out here looking like you about to go, go on an expedition to the South Pole. That's not really what I'm looking for. So that's, that's hey, for real. <laughs> hey, man, this is funny. So what you think about um how how would you put a reel together? You got some of the best reels I've seen on Instagram. So creatively, what's your creative thought on putting a reel together? So to be real with you, I didn't no pun intended with saying be real with you, but with creating reels, I didn't like it all that much. When I first saw it, I I'm a photographer, so you know, videography, even though I can do it, it wasn't really my strong suit. So it's the same principles as far as understanding light, so to speak, you know, and things like that. But it's a lot different because it's it's like it's movements. It's knowing how to make things look seamless. If you want to transition, how do you do that? So it's like I knew that I wanted my rules to be quick, but I wanted it to leverage a skill that I had, which was I know I take bomb photos. You know, I know I know how to put a good fit together. So let me see a way that I could combine those two things. So I had the idea, I actually saw someone do it. And I was just like, that's actually a pretty cool idea. So the, I can't remember, forgive me, whoever it is that saw, and I can't remember your name, your screen name, but the way they started it was they were like, they walk into the frame, do whatever their you know, signature pose or catchphrase or whatever it is that they do. And then they would get into a pose and then the reel would cut to that picture. You know, and then maybe they would, you know, get up and do something else. 
and go into another pose that's captured by another picture. And I was just like, what if you just did that, but you did it in a way that's like, you pick a fitting song, do the transitions on the beat, and then it's like, but it's pretty much showing like the details of the fit. So like, what you would do in a normal carousel pose, okay, you got your full outfit shot, then you look for the details, if you got a bag, your shoes got special details on them, capture that. If you got jewelry on, capture that. Action shot, like you walking, you know, stuff like that. Those are the things to me from an advertising perspective. And as a person like me, I judge a fit or what I think it looks good or doesn't. Those are the things I want to see. Like, what does it look like in motion? What does it look like standing still? What are your details? Is the color palette there? So it's like, that was a way for me to continue to interact with the fo my followers in a way that they were used to seeing me interact with them, but it allowed me to kind of expand my portfolio of creativity because then it became like, okay, cool, go to peace, sign up, go into whatever it is I need to do. And sometimes I, it would be tough because you have to look at the picture. The picture is inverted. So you have to figure out how am I going to get into that pose with it looking natural and not looking like, okay, we get into the pose now. It's got to be like a natural, smooth transition. So good thing is because I've taken pictures so much, I knew the poses that were easy for me to get into. So then that's when I started doing that and then changing my venues and locations. So each reel felt fresh. It felt new. Oh, man, he's doing this again. But it was like, yo, he had a different place. That place, fine. I would like, I would take a, a photo shoot there. And I think all those things went into my mind. So when I did the first one, everybody really, really liked it. I was like, Cool. Um, I think that was when I did the Sean Wallace film with the Daytona shirt and purple. Yeah, I don't know, J Tips, uh, Chicago Cubs hat. Shout out my boy J Tips up in New York doing big things. Um, and when I did that, um, it came out really well. And ironically enough, when I was at SneakerCon this last time when I was in Atlanta, I got a chance to meet him. Showed him the real. He was like, yo, that's hard. I'll, I'll fuck with that. That's cool. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's that's dope. So, you know, when you have like that confirmation where like bigger accounts like what you do willing to repost you just encourages you to get more creative so now after doing that for like close to most of the year now my most recent reel that i did with the cream you know houston hat the um peach brim and the um sale you know you know that was a thing where i was like okay cool now we're gonna play with transitions play with transitions on beat and, you know, kind of use the music and everything to my advantage to, you know, present this piece of content that I want to present. So I think for me, from a creative perspective, I would say this to anybody that wants to be creative. It's like embrace challenges. I guess that's the coolest way I can say it. Embrace challenges. Embrace what you do well. Just be adaptable. Try to figure out a way to continue. Though so I feel like the reels, I wasn't stepping outside Okay, okay. What you think about the algorithm, man? Because I know your stuff do, like, numbers. So what you think about the algorithm? Because some people that do numbers, they, they get, like, 10K on a picture or on a reel. They might post something else, like, right after that, probably, like, two days after. They get, like, 100 instead of, like, 10K. Like, how do you get around that? Uh, I mean, I think you got to walk into content understanding that, like, for one, to get 10K on something is, like, it's difficult. It's hard because yeah. some of that is dependent on how many people share your stuff because people don't notice about Instagram. Put them up on game a little bit. Let's say, like, you know, somebody has 5,000 followers. Instagram isn't showing your post to those 5,000 followers. It just isn't happening. It may show it to 10% of them. So let's say that's 500 people. So what the algorithm does is it's basically showing them to a small control set of people. Those people, if they like it, engage with it, that signals to the algorithm, okay, let me put this other places and see if the same response comes. And right now, it used to be that when Instagram, like I say, probably free reels and everything else, it used to be by likes so if something got a lot of likes in a short amount of time that's what told the algorithm to push stuff out and to a certain extent that's still true right you know like something is getting a lot of likes it's typically 
going to get shared. It's going to get saved. So it's like kind of one thing kind of shakes the other's hand in a sense. So I would say like for me, what I've noticed is it's not so much that the content, that the new content you put out is bad. It could just be because the algorithm is pushing the, the really viral content that you have out. Why? People are more compelled to share that. So they're not paying as much attention to the new content that you just put out. And it may not be that your content is bad. It just might be, bro, there's like so much people looking at your old, your, your previous post and it's gone viral pretty much. It's like, you, it's not that so much you did bad. It's just more so that the, it's, it hasn't got caught up in the algorithm yet. And that's something I had to kind of learn too. But then you also have to be honest with yourself as a creative, right? Be able to say that everything is not going to be on every video is not going to be a viral video. Like even for people that make viral videos, they're to us, their numbers may be big, but it's like, they know when something is going like versus something that's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's middle of the road, but it's not used to what I'm saying. So I think for me, what I try to do is I was doing reels a lot. It was heavy and that built my following up. It got my reach out there. Um, I just hit my like first hundred K be real. And I, long ago um but to be real i've started going back to doing static photo posts and i'm still getting traction so it's like i think when you're in the algorithm and you're posting consistently to me with posting consistently is like if you're putting to your story at least once a day and again purpose of content should be to educate entertain inform or is educate inter um and educate entertain or inform someone of something it should be value add so to me i think that my content educates people on color palettes different ways you can put looks together um it's entertaining when you talk about the reels per se when i put that stuff out there and it informs because if you look at my posts i give outfit details about where i get my stuff from you know other things like that so the value add or the value proposition for someone coming to my page is you're in the streetwear, you're in the sneakers, and you like putting together pieces that may not necessarily always be high-end designer. It could be something you can find at the Urban Outfitters, Target, um, your regular department store, um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, whatever may have you. If that's really what you're looking for, a person that can style pieces at different levels, that's what I offer. Whereas there's some folks that do nothing but high-end designer that appeals to a specific clientele. So I think what helped me grow, I intersected sneaker content, fit hat community, and people started to see, whoa, you can put that hat with this look, you can do this, you can do that. So then that's now another value add where it's like, this is something that isn't necessarily big in that community. So people can appreciate it a lot more and they're more interested in sharing it. Versus in sneaker community, it's like we see sneakers every day. So you taking pictures of sneaker by themselves or in a dope outfit, it may get shared, it may not, but that's where I think there's that crossover. So I'd say I think the algorithm it sucks sometimes. I definitely have been I think shadow banned once or twice. Um as far as my stuff doesn't get pushed out there as much as I would like. But I think I just keep fighting through it because to me it's like, okay, you know, you, you may want to shadow ban me today, but content speaks for itself, it's quality. Once my shares and my saves get up and I get momentum rolling, it's it ain't really a lot you can do to stop me at that point. It's kind of yeah. like um like that takeover in two K. It's like I hit a couple shots. You know, you, you gotta you better send the double team. You know what I'm saying? Because that's because <laughs> yeah. now now I'm water. I'm like okay, cool. We we can we can do this for real now. So it, I think that it's just consistency. I, I tell people all the time. They're like, I started the year with two point four K. And I'm at, I'm knocking on the door at 12. So you got to think, I almost, I gained close to 10,000 in, in less than a year. You don't do that by not being consistent. You don't do that by not, all, I mean, the content, the quality of the content is there too, right? But I say the thing for me that's, that's held me through is consistency. So I would say algorithm sucks. I think any creator will say it, it sucks sometimes, but that's where that consistency and just fighting through do out. Okay, okay. So, um, back to this hat thing, man. You be going crazy with the hats. Where are you getting the hats from? 
And four people, where are you getting the hats from? Man, it's it's different places, man. So truth be told, I, I like so a lot of the stuff. So like I said, when I started getting back collecting, um, my homie Manolo Prado, shout out um, Manolo Prado on Instagram. Um, he's a he's a hat designer with Lids right now. He did a collection before he was with Lids Hat Club. Remember, I saw it. There's a hat that he has that I still need to get. It's the MLK Atlanta hat. Um, for me, that's it's personal for me because when I was in elementary school, uh, we had to recite the I Have a Dream speech and we rang Freedom Bell in uh, Stone Mountain where I grew up. And I was like, where well, I went to elementary school initially. So, you know, for me, that was like cool. So, like, that's like a part of my childhood. So, that's kind of why I want that hat. That hat right now is going for like 300, 400. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's, it's a really expensive hat. But the point is, is that. When I rolled up to meet Manolo, I actually did work for him because Lids was releasing their um, Negro League collection. So they were celebrating uh, Negro League, um, which you know eventually became incorporated with Major League Baseball later on down the line. So you, know, you had the Cracker Jacks, you had Kansas City Monarchs. You know, there were a lot of teams in there. So I did a lot of like photography work for him um, for that. He also had something that he was doing for Jordan at the time, so I took pictures for him doing that too. So fast forward through that, I took the pictures for him, I sent them to him, he loved them. He passed them off to Liz. Liz was like, yo, who took these pictures? So then he puts me in contact with their marketing person. Um, I talked to them, you know, and they're just like, hey, listen, like, you know, really like the work. Hopefully we'll get to work with you again sooner on down the line. So, you know, for my creators listening in, I, I think this is important to understand where you, this is where you craft, you craft your own lane, you make yourself a valuable resource, no matter how big or small the company. So, Nolo um, was part of him and uh, another guy named Dre, shout out Monkey Profit. Um, they both um, work with Hat Drop, which dropped as a, as a subsidiary of Lids this year in the fashion hat space. So, you have Hat Club, Pro Image, all these other companies. It's Hat Drop is like the new kid on the block. So they released their casino collection. And after the casino collection comes Manolo's collection. Now, talk to Manolo. He was just like, yeah, bro, I got you. When my hats come in, you know, we'll chop it up and we'll see if we can do some content. Um, I purchased this hat. And I took it and I did some content with it. Actually, like I would say, arguably my first viral post um, that my account had. Um, I put it together with a Supreme bag, only New York jacket on that was brown. I had a Travis Scott um, t shirt that was underneath it from his Jack Boys collection. Yeah, G Star, um, G Star, like dark wash denim. I had on Travis Scott 4, and I had on some red tinted shades because the hat had a red dome. And the bill was brown. Underneath of the um, undervisor of the bill was um, it was a blue suede, which was like at the time was crazy because like that's premium materials. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies doing that. So, so basically, I do that. It blows up. Get a call from the marketing people at, at Lids, and they're just like, "Yo, I really want to work with you." So I start getting seeded product. You know, it just mean they start sending me free stuff, start taking pictures for them, start just doing it in concert with what I already do, and then you know tagging them all the time, just making sure like they see like hey I'm sure y'all see the content, I'm putting together good looks, quality looks every single time, and I did that so much so to where like I built a relationship off of that. And mind you, during this time I'm not getting paid for this. Like all I'm getting out of this deal is free product, but this is where, as a creative, this is where when you're given an opportunity, that's where you move yourself forward and that's how you move the chain. So it's like you create a reputation for yourself. So I think like, so, I mean, definitely a lot of my hats do come from Lids, um, Lids hat drop. So definitely shouts out to them for rocking with me as, as long as they have and continuing to rock with me. Um, I have a good portion of hats from Hat Club. I got a good portion of hats from Got a couple of pro images in there. Definitely got some mob fitteds in there. Shout out John K. Russ at Sunset on IG. 
Um, I got, yeah, I, I have a couple of exclusive fitteds there. Um, but yeah, I would say my collection mostly comprises Hat Club and fitteds as far as number, but there's just gems in there. I could pull a gem out of any of those companies that I that I've named that name a hat. I've been like, yo, I really like this one. Here's a hat that was designed for Speaker Box Love Below Outcast. Actually Manolo Hope with John Jay was the designer over for uh, my fittings. It's one of my favorite hats. Because that's Atlanta themed, it's outcast themed. It was just like I was already sold after that. Um and it's like it's like a pink. It's like it's like a it's like a light pastel pink on the crown. Bill is like more of like a a deeper fuchsia, like it's like that like like a more prominent pink. I think I've seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like so there's like hats like that and then like Liz just sent me a hat not too long ago from the leftovers collection. That was the hat I was wearing with the quantums that you were talking about and the Kanye t shirt camo pants. But like that's the thing man, I, I treat hats the same way I treat sneakers. It's like if it's hype, that's cool, but I don't really see myself putting it together with nothing. I'm not going to pick it up. I think that being authentic to your style like that. Same thing with hats with sneakers, bro. Like what you like, my height is because. Facts. So uh, with that knowledge, explain the brim. Explain, like, the different type of brims. Because everybody, like, I know... I'm not, you know, too familiar with it. I, I'm actually gonna try to get back into like wearing fitteds and stuff like that. But I know people go crazy for, like the pink brim, or like you know a different color brim that's not like green or black or you know something basic. So explain. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah, so use this one as an example. So yeah, so people can see I actually have hair under here. So, um, <laughs> look, some people be like, yo, you ain't got no hair, but, um, so anyway, so, you know, you look at the, the composition of many hats, so you got the, the guts, as we call it, you know, so this is a white goodie, you know, you got your, you know, sweatband, basically, um, essentially, so normally for me with my hats, I try to clean them, like, after I wear them, especially my white goodies, um, because over time, you, you know, take a hat on, you take a hat off, if you put lotion on your face, or even if you just sweat, it's going to get dirty. Yeah. Um, you have your UV visor, so you talk about that, like, typically, you know, Kelly Green, normally with solid snapbacks, but you also saw them with fitted hats, too. You talked about blacks, so there's, like, the black nasties out there, um, which were basically, like, black under visors, black guts. So there's different types, you know, and then you go up here to the actual crown itself for the hat, so the, the dome of it, so that's where you start getting into the embroidery. So here, obviously, it's the Kansas City Royals. You got your button up top. Sometimes that button will be the color of the of the, the dome itself. Other times, like in this case, it's a royal to match this here. Um, this is another thing that's kind of like been a craze as of lately. People act like hats didn't have, like, we used to call them plain Janes, but basically they were hats that didn't have a side patch. So here, this is a side patch for the Kansas City Royals. The 2012 MLB All-Star Game. Got really thick embroidering in here. You know, so, like, you can kind of, like, so for me, from a style perspective, I'll just look at the logo on the front, this color, like, matching the fit. Sometimes I'll look at colors in the side patch. I use that as a way for me to kind of, like, bring other colors. As far as the brim, uh, there's two schools of thought. Well, me, it's only one school of thought. I always came up. There was a time where people used to wear these flat, straight. Shout out Ti <laughs> um, for the side, the side rocking hat. But um, you know, as you get older, you get more refined. Exactly. As you get more refined, you know, um, the uh, the bend to me just makes the hat look a lot better. It beats it better on your head. Um, and normally what I use for that is a steamer. Um, this is my rim bending tool. Um, it's basically just a bottle from REI that I put a whole bunch of stickers on just because send me stickers. I just like to have somewhere to put them. Um, I take a steamer, 
steam the top, basically put more steam across the top, steam on the bottom. This makes the fill or the trim more malleable and wrap it around something like this, fold it, and then once you do that and the trim starts to dry, air it out a little bit, put it on your head, and you know, it's a dramatic effect. And put it on your head, and voila, that's how it looks. Um, for people that don't know, this is called a blip. Um, Manolo, um, guys talked about earlier, Manolo Prado, he has um, a company called Prototype, has a couple of other companies that he um, does flip style from under, but um, it's an accessory. I used to really not wear a whole bunch of, you know, pins and stuff like that on my hat. I just kind of was a plain Jane kind of guy. But when I saw the blips, I was like, that's a real cool, nice, like, you know, little slight edge you could put on certain things. Yeah, um, like that. Fine. As far as like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's kind of like a, um, it's like a pocket square on a suit. You know, it's, yeah. they don't speak too much. It's, it's just it's just right for me but you see so that's like yeah exactly like there but there's other people that deck they have their crowns out you know a lot more than i do and it's like there's no disrespect to that i mean that's what you into that's what you into but for me i'm just kind of more of a i may put a pin or two on there but i kind of try to keep my hats clean as much as i can as far as just i want to be able to appreciate the crown for what it is start pinning it up with a whole bunch of things um but i mean as far as like even hat manufacturers go you have like you know hats that are made in vietnam hats that are made in haiti hats that are made in china and then hats that are made in bangladesh so if you ever want to know where hats made down things in here so you have your size tab so seven three eight that's my hat size this hat was made in China. So most of the time, you'll hear this conversation in, in fitted communities a lot. You'll hear, is it China or is it a bang? That's what they're talking about. Where was the hat made? So China's typically have more of a, I guess some people would say an egg shape. Um, you can kind of see it on my head. It's like, it's you can see like where, depending on where they, the plotter puts the embroidery, sometimes for some Chinas, this is very close to the bill. Sometimes it rides up, and that's more of a quality control issue. But most people don't like it because the hat fits pretty egg-shaped. Whereas you talk about um, Bangladesh hats. Bangladesh hats are a little bit more roomy. Um, so when you put them on, this front is a little bit, like, there's a little bit more room up front. So it kind of sits out a little bit. Um, and... I'm going to say that there's some Chinas that I actually really like a lot over Bangladesh's. Um, and then there's other hats where it's like the Bangladesh is just, you know, miles ahead of the China as far as just how it just fits on my head. But again, I think it's just, it's it's to each their own. You know, everybody looks at it differently. But yeah, that's, that's kind of like a little bit of hat talk. I mean, like I said, I'm still, you know, I'm in the community. I'm learning still myself, you know, so there's things that, you know, you, that's that's the good thing, like I said, about being a sneakerhead or being anything in a culture. It's just like no one's ever an expert. You still learn things every day. So, um, you know, it's always just sharing free game and learning, you know, kind of being up on things. So, as I said, I'm definitely never going to say I know everything about hats because that would be false. There's <laughs> there's certain hat, there's certain hat companies, bro, that were making hats before I really got back into it. And I sit and watch hat battles. People are like, yo, that's a OG pinky from way back when. You know, shout out Frosty Cream. Um, if people don't know, that was Frosty Cream and you know the Hat Club. You know, company up north. You know, Bond Street in New York. Um, they actually were the originators of that. So um, basically, Justin, who's like currently the general, like general manager over there at um, Hat Club, and then you have like basically one of the principal managers over there, and Frosty Cream. They work together to make a hat um, dedication to like for breast cancer because I believe a relative was lost to to breast cancer, so that was one of the reasons the pink came out. And then you know the Frosty Bottom, Blue Bottom, like that's another thing that was kind of originated up there as well. So um, yeah, I mean again, I think 
that just goes back to the lore of the hat, right? The design of the hat. Like, you know, that's one of those things where if you know that history, does it help you necessarily secure a hat? Maybe not, but it helps you understand why it may be so coveted. Same thing yeah. as Steve. So do the price value go up? Yeah, so it depends on the hat. Like, it depends on, like, I mean, and that's where I say I think the hat community mirrors the sneaker community in that way. So, like, let's say, let's say, like, a shoe retros, right? Let's say, like, a, a shoe that just, yeah, so Fire Red 3s, they just retro, right? Yeah. So, let's say they didn't retro this year. Let's just say, like, you started looking back. So, y'all really want to pair Fire Red 3s. Well, you're going to pay a higher price because not many of that last release out in the wild. Not like a mass-produced shoe anymore. So with hats, is the same way. So if a company made a hat, say, two years ago, and they've not re-released it, that's going to definitely impact the value, right? Because then the value becomes related to how much of the supply is out there. Not a lot of supply out there, then people are going to try to charge tax and prices for you to get your hands on items that you want to get your hands on. So that's why I say, like, no... No, every deal isn't necessarily a great deal, you know, so there's certain hats that although it's a great hat, like the Manolo hat, I may just have to suck it up and accept that I, I might have to drop that bread for that hat. But, you know, there are other hats where it's like, if, you know, like core collections, pink bottoms, stuff like that, prior to this year, it was just really difficult to get your hands on OG pinkies. And it's still, you know, it is, but, you know, money cures all of that. So you got the bread to spend. You know, stuff like that. It's just like sneakers, you know. People be like, oh, man, I can't find a pair of off-white Chicago's. Well, if you got the bread, you definitely can find them. You it's just, find them. It's like, you can find them. It's just, you know, it's, it's just you got to be, you got to know where to look. You got to know what to do. You're checking them and making sure everything Gucci. So money solves all them problems just, just right off rip. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say with, with hats, the more exclusive something is, sometimes the more you're probably going to be looking to spend. Okay, okay. So, uh, you want to say something before we get up out of here? We're pushing about an hour. Yeah, bro. Well, I, I appreciate you, you know, let me get on, talk a little culture, you know, share some of my story as well. Um, I definitely would say, like, for those people that are looking to be creatives in this space, like, always be true to yourself. Um, Definitely do what you like. You know, um, you're you're made to be original for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So don't don't feel like you gotta copy your bite off of what anybody else is doing. You're dope in your own right. Continue to do what you need to do. Like I said, that's that's what I've done. It's worked pretty okay for me. Um and I'm I'm here to see the creatives win, you know. And I'm here to see y'all make bread, y'all make money. There's enough opportunity in this space, you know, everybody to make money. I can help pass on free game, give advice where ask. Definitely open to doing that. But I appreciate you, Sean, for like opening up this platform and letting those of us that have been successful here um, yeah, let the culture and get back. So I appreciate you for that. Hey, for real, a lot of people be sleep on y'all that don't know about you know y'all because y'all under you know other people. But like this, I want this to be a platform just to you know bring y'all up, bring y'all up out of that so y'all can start making some money. Y'all can start doing, you know, what uh, Kim Kardashian I'm on, you know, like y'all getting that type of business, but in the sneaker area, because what is, what is Kim Kardashian doing in the sneaker, you know, business? Like, we don't know. Like, why not get somebody behind that that actually know about that, you know, what's going on and stuff like that? You know, so I want this to be a platform to get y'all out there. That's why I'm trying to build this mug up, you know, to build more names, more brands, more, you know, Black-owned businesses and stuff like that. Get all of that going around. And then on top of that, we also putting people on the Midwest on to people in Atlanta, putting Atlanta people on to people in New York, Germany, you know, all over the place. So we trying to get, you know different type of vibes going on because it might not be you know people and cali wearing fitteds like you do you know but you just put them on game 
now they finna go out and get a, you know, get some fittings, get that fitted game right. So I want y'all to, you know, express all of that, get all of that out and, you know. So, um, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on here for real, man. We're gonna we're gonna do another another uh podcast episode. I got I got one I wanna do with just you. I got a couple of ideas. I got a few of them that I wanna do with just you. You know, we can go back to back, do some filler uh episodes and stuff. And then another one, I got you. I wanna get you, Infinitive Living, and Toby McFly. And we just all gonna talk sneakers, like the whole culture, sneaker culture and all of that. So I want to get that going probably after this next episode I got with somebody else booked. And then I'm going to try to get that going back, you know. Hey, let's I'm down. Let's get to it. We definitely going to do it. I'm going to uh, – yeah, bro. You said what? Oh, no, I said no, nah, bro. Like I said, just just thank you. appreciate the opportunity to get on just talk shop for a minute. Oh, for real. Thanks for coming over here, man. For real. It's this always a home for you, man. If you got something you want to talk about, hit me up. We we'll get on Skype, do a do a, a Skype, you know, interview and go ahead and post that mug whenever you want, my boy. Yes. Got it. Just like that. All right, bro. All right, bro. We're gonna see you later. Peace. I'll see you later, man. Peace.